This is the big pond. I feel like it's more common here in the States, uh, at least for working mothers, to hand off your child to somebody else quite soon, which is something that in Germany mothers are not so comfortable with maybe. And also it's not something that society expects of you. I don't know if I'm a more American mom or a more German mom. So... I feel really lucky to be able to offer my kids two worlds to choose from. And I also am able to offer them the feeling or the knowledge that there isn't one way and there isn't one culture. On the one hand, you have the U.S., where there's very little support and clearly too little support, um, both for time off, at least in the weeks before and after birth. But you have all these subsidies in Germany. But still, the working mother is a very complicated thing and not something that is easily accepted. Three women, two countries, one shared experience. Motherhood. This is by no means an exhaustive look at what life is like for mothers in the U.S. and Germany. But these personal anecdotes address some of the mixed messages and high expectations for women in the role of mother. Oh, and full disclosure... I'm not a mom, so I'm no expert, but these women, I guarantee you they are. My name is Luise. I'm German. I'm from East Germany, actually, and came here to the States four years ago to be with my American husband. We met at University of Heidelberg, and my children are Arthur and Rosa. Rosa is three and a half. Um, Arthur is almost three months old, and I've only experienced having kids here in the States as a German woman, which is an interesting situation. My name is Kate Brenner, and I grew up in Minnesota, but I've been living the past 25 years here in Germany with my husband and three sons. Oliver, who is 18, and Bennett, who is 16, and Christopher, who is nine, and my husband, Axel. My name is Sibylle Zalewski. Um, I was born in Germany, in West Germany, in Bonn. I now live in Berlin with my husband, who is from the U.S. Um, we have four children. The oldest one is 15 years old. The youngest one is seven years old. Um, my first child was born in Berlin. My second child was born in the U.S. Um, the other two children were born in Berlin again. What is your definition of motherhood? In some way, it's the most natural thing that just happens and that almost doesn't need to be defined. You know, it's it's wonderful. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience. It's very rewarding. It's very hard, too. My husband and I really are super exhausted at the moment. And sometimes, quite honestly, I wish I could just have no kids for just a couple hours and then, you know, go back to having kids. Sometimes I envy people without kids. Um, sometimes I feel the load of responsibility on my shoulders and feel like I'm not a good mother and, you know, I mean, all those things. 
When I go to teach at the beginning of a school year and I'm meeting my new students, I always tell them that I am first a mother and that that's the hardest job in the world and that I'm second a teacher and that teaching is like a fun hobby for me. Like I'm so happy to get out of the house um, and come teach them because that's the easy thing, you know, that's easy in life. And um, mothering is a continual challenge. There's an expression in German, and I think it's really true. It's, um, kleine Kinder machen kleine Sorgen und große Kinder machen große Sorgen. And it's like little kids, you have little worries, and big kids make big worries. You know, so you think uh, when you have an 18-year-old son that you're finished and that you don't have to worry anymore because he's done. He's like a finished product. Not true. Um, and then you realize that the things you worried about when they were little are just like nothing compared compared to these big existential worries that you're suddenly having. When you came and asked me whether I would do an interview about motherhood in the U.S. and Germany, I was thinking about how I would translate motherhood into German. And I think the obvious translation and the one you get in the dictionary is Mutterschaft. But Mutterschaft is a very technical term. You would never use this sort of in everyday life. What does Mutterschaft, does it translate to anything in English? Well, you would translate it into motherhood, but a piece that in the U.S. you would title the difference between motherhood in the U.S. and in Germany. In German, you would give it a title like Die Unterschiede der Mutterrolle in den USA und in Deutschland. And in that case, it's the role of the mother. So that is a more common word, Mutterrolle. And for me, that already has all these implications that being that puts you as a mother, as the person who has a role in society and a responsibility for the well-being of the child that lies with you as the mother. It's not a private thing. You, the mother, are sort of part of society and you have a responsibility to do the best thing for your child. It's not what is best for you as a family or for you as a mother and child team. It's what is best for the child. So cook your own baby food, do lots of organic food, um, breastfeed for a long time, do all these things. You have the daycare, but in practice, my experience, the time in the, the children spend in daycare in Berlin It's not like the mothers are working most of this time. They're working part of the daycare time. The other time is spent cooking, doing all the best things, getting the organic clothes or whatever for the child. Tell me about that experience about giving birth in Germany compared to what you knew about giving birth in the U.S.? I didn't know really anything about giving birth in any country, so there wasn't really a comparative thing. But I do know that the words were really funny in German, the words for different body parts. And when I heard the word for placenta, which is mother cake, <laughs> I would laugh every time. I had to ask my doctor to please use the Latin terms because they know them too. You know, he could say placenta, which is the English word and the Latin word. Um, but he normally would say Mutterkuchen. And then when it got down to business, you know, on the day of the birth, I found out that 
the opening where the baby comes out is actually called the mother mouth. <laughs> like your mother mouth is now eight centimeters dilated. Like my what? <laughs> oh my God. It was really, I wasn't really in a laughing mood because he was a yeah. giant baby and the birth took like 26 hours. But, but I think maybe the German language lightened up the mood a little bit for me <laughs> uh, when they kept talking about my mother mouth. Um, and I was really happy, actually, to... I found out afterwards how lucky I was to have my babies here because there is such involvement with midwives and, you know, they come check on you every single day when you're back home again. Um, the first week they come every day and they check on you and the baby, but it's really mostly about you. They're there, you know, they're making sure the connection is okay and that breastfeeding is going okay, but they also check what's going on down there with your mother mouth. <laughs> I don't know if it's still called the mother mouth after the baby's out of it, actually, to tell you the truth. I think oh. they just stopped calling it that after the birth. Wow. Isn't that weird? And what was your bill? I mean, is that all, like, inclusive in... Yeah, that was all inclusive. You don't get a bill for a birth. Oh, my gosh. My first child was born here in Berlin. And like many anxious parents. Um, we did a lot of research where the best place would be um, to give birth. And we decided to go to a hospital that had a neonatal intensive care unit that was important to me in case something went wrong. Um, and the hospital at the same time, which is standard in Germany, the birth unit is basically run by midwives. Of course, there are doctors there, but the person who's mainly responsible for the birth is the midwife. And so we arrived there, and even though it's a hospital setting, um, you get the chance to basically set your own pace with giving birth. Like if you want to walk around when you're in labor, they encourage you to walk around. They simply let you choose whatever position you want to be in when you give birth. What are those? I guess I just thought there was kind of one. They have all the equipment there if you want to be on all fours. Um, um, while you're pushing, that's easier for some women. Or when you, if you want to be standing, if you want to be lying down. Simple things, like they go down to the floor with you. The doctors, the midwives, if you want to be on the floor there, they go down to the floor with you. Um, they, have, they have ropes hanging from the ceiling. If you want to sort of hang in the rope because you can support yourself better in a squatting position, um, that's how I ended up giving birth. Um, then that's fine. And, and that's something that it sounds like you kind of figure out when you're in the midst of it. You might not have known that was the your preferred position because it was the first time you were giving birth, right? I mean, you just tried it? Yes, I, I had no idea. I had no clue what was coming, of course. No, I mean, I needed professionals who guided me along and that worked well. And my husband was part of the process the whole time. There was never an issue of being separated from him. Um, so that was all in all, it was a very good experience because what it was is it made a birth possible that was as natural as possible given my circumstances but still in a setting where you had all the medical emergency equipment in the background in case something goes wrong so that was for me an ideal setting to give birth so how did that compare with giving birth to your second child in you said you were out in Chicago yeah, I was in Chicago, and our insurance only allowed us to go to one particular hospital for the birth. And 
My plan was, I had a very good experience at the hospital here in Berlin. Of course, I'll go to the hospital again. It's important to me to have the neonatal intensive care unit there. That's sort of the kind of person I am. Um, but then lots of people started telling me stories about how terrible um, it is to give birth at that hospital and that they're highly interventionist. It's a hospital that I think is very good if you have a very complicated birth, that have lots of difficulties, um, that's probably the place you want to go to. I started the whole process there. I was registered there. I had planned to um, give birth there. And then my obstetrician told me, well, once you arrive and you're in labor, the first thing we do is we'll put you in triage and you'll be separated from your husband for that time. And I was like, wait a second. When I'm in labor, I need my husband around. She said, well, we're very sorry. There are, only, there are other women in triage there. So your husband cannot be there for that part. I said, well, what happens in triage? How long will I be there? She said, well, usually you'll get a drip to um, enhance your labor and an episiotomy. I was like, I don't want this. Not necessarily. I might want this, but I don't really want this. And she said, well, you can tell him that you don't want this. And I felt very intimidated having already had the experience how difficult it is to be in labor and then to be on my own to argue for what I want. So I found that very off-putting. And then we visited the hospital and they showed us the rooms where I could give birth. It was very tiny. I was like, well, can I walk around during labor? She's like, well, you may be allowed to walk around, but there isn't really much space for you to walk around here, is there? And I was like, wait, and how can I give birth? Like, yeah, can I right. be wherever I want to? She's like, no, the doctor have to see you. You, you. you should be in bed. You should be lying on your back in bed. And then someone else told me, yes, they'll have this videotape for liability reasons. Oh, and it just freaked me out. And we tried to change insurances that didn't work. And um, we ended up doing a home birth with a very professional midwife, um, which was a very good choice. Was that covered by your insurance, or did you have to pay for out of pay out of pocket for the midwife at home? We paid out of pocket for the midwife at home. Yes. And how did that go? It all went very well, and it was a very good experience because I really enjoyed the comfort of being at home and then just lying down in your bed after giving birth and not being on camera. <laughs> yes, not being on camera was a big plus. After the birth experience, another big difference is the law and expectations surrounding parental leave. In the U.S., the Family and Medical Leave Act allows 12 weeks off after childbirth or adoption, and a mother is required to use existing vacation or sick time first, and then the remaining time can be taken as leave. It's the employer's discretion whether or not she is paid, and the actual job held prior to the leave is not guaranteed. In Germany, there is an optional six weeks off before giving birth and a mandatory eight weeks after with pay. Mothers can also opt to stay home with a newborn for up to a year and receive a percentage of their pay and are guaranteed their job will be waiting for them. German mothers also receive Kindergeld from the government, about 200 euros on average or 225 U.S. dollars per child, up to age 18 and to age 25 under certain circumstances. Here's Luisa again, a German mother living in the U.S. with a newborn at home. In a couple of weeks, she'll return to work. There is a word in German, Rabenmutter, um, raven mother, which means you're a bad mother. And that is being used for all kinds of scenarios. And one could be that you go back to work very early or, you know, that you... Um, 
don't take care of your child enough. But I also see that mothers here in the U.S. kind of do it differently because they have to, but it also works out. It's fine. Their kids are fine and they are fine. And, and yeah, sometimes I almost feel like I um, have to um, defend myself, you know, for going back to work after three months, but I don't have a choice. And I also trust that things will be fine. I just hope that all the pumping, you know, works out. It's such a... Logistic. For breast milk. Yeah, for breast milk. It's really quite a challenge. It's We'll see how that, how that goes. But I know that others have done it before me, so it'll, it'll be fine. And your friends in Germany, when you tell them about having to pump breast milk in advance and store it, what are their reactions? I mean... They feel for me, you know, they kind of, they are very sweet and compassionate. And But for them, it's really hard to imagine that that a state does that to mothers, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So my kids got home a little bit earlier than I did from work. And that's pretty raven mother of me to let that happen. <laughs> And did you did you feel guilty about that, or did you hear from other moms? I mean, did you get catch any attitude from anyone? Not attitude, I guess, but surprise, maybe. You know, I felt like like it maybe is my own thing, and nobody called me a Rabenmutter for that. And I think among my mom friends here that we joke about it. You know, it's more of a joking thing where we say like, oh, I'm such a Raven's mother for doing, for getting McDonald's after work today, or, oh yeah, I didn't make my own Spätzle, I just bought the prepackaged Spätzle and only put them in boiling water. You know, it's like, well, putting them in boiling water is actually pretty good too, you know, in America, we'd probably be putting them in the microwave. Um, so it's more of a joking thing. And I don't feel like moms are calling each other that or even behind their back. I've never heard my friends say, oh, she is such a raven's mother or using it in that way. I think it's just kind of this unspoken concept that we're all afraid of being. That's what it is for me. Is there a term for the opposite of that? For a mom who's like always there for their kid and who has just really you know, done this amazing job of of raising their kid? I don't think there's a term that's just like super mom. Um, there's not really a positive term. Wow, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And that makes me think of, there's a phrase in German of not hearing a complaint is compliment enough. Nicht geschimpft ist dob genug. Like if nobody's complaining, then that's, um, that's enough of a compliment. One doesn't need more than that. Yeah, and that definitely applies to motherhood. In Germany, it still strikes me as a big contradiction and mystery to some extent because there are all these benefits. There's the subsidized daycare, and the daycare has a high quality. It's not the kind of daycare where you think, oh, I don't want to send my child there. It's daycare where you can say with a bit good conscience, my child will actually profit from this. So that's a big incentive to um, not stay home with your child. There are also lots of financial benefits. And even though all of this support is there and all of the support is not there in the U.S., um, 
Working mothers are less accepted here, and especially full-time working mothers. The standard in Germany is now you take time off after the birth, like six months or a year, and then you go back to work part-time. So the part-time work model is very, very accepted and sort of expected, almost. Sort of, it's not the case that, oh, the full-time stay-at-home mom is definitely not the ideal in German society anymore. But the idea that you work full-time, and that you do get explicitly, there's then the comment, well, what's the point in having children if you go back to work full-time? You don't have enough time to spend with your children. Why do you have them? That is still a question that you might um, explicitly get. Um, so on the one hand, you have the U.S., where there's very little support and clearly too little support, um, both for time off, at least in the weeks before and after birth. Um, there are not enough daycare centers. It costs you a lot of money to take care of the child. But you have all these subsidies in Germany. But still, the working mother is a very complicated thing and not something that is easily accepted. Do you feel like you have absorbed anything from what American motherhood means and brought it back with you to Germany? I mean, do you, do you feel like you're kind of an American and German mother or all German or, you know, have you ever thought about it in that way? I do have a feeling that I've absorbed some aspects of both cultures. I have lived in Germany for a longer time and I am German, so I'm sure the German part is sort of larger than the American part, but I did find it very liberating to have, at least for a short time, raised children in the U.S. And for me, really, the crucial thing is that I had the feeling it's a different feeling. It's a lighter feeling. I didn't feel as much pressure as um, a mother. I didn't feel like I was defined by being a mother. Um, but as Yes, a woman who has children um, and not the mother. I know that there are these, these, these working mother, non-working mother wars in the U.S., and I, I'm aware of this. And even though they are there, I do have the feeling that there's much sort of, there, it, it's this heavy burden of being a mother that you somehow get in Germany. I don't know if I'm a more American mom or a more German mom. Um, I certainly do bring many American things from my mother. And my childhood was in America, so I feel really lucky to be able to offer my kids two worlds to choose from. And I also am able to offer them the feeling or the knowledge that there isn't one way and there isn't one culture. And they sort of have this awareness that This is language, but also culture. Um, yes, Mama calls that a chair, and Papa calls it a stool, and other people call it other things. And it's not that this one is right and other people are saying it wrong. It's just that everybody has their own way to call that, and you can put that idea on culture as well. You know, it kind of makes their world bigger already from, a, from childhood time. Christ, keep love.
Together, you've been listening to The Big Pond, a series of dialogues between Germans and Americans, coming to you from PRX and the Goethe Institute.